1: From 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 32494, the earliest show in the archive, 32494. My interview with Donald Trump from 1102011. 1102011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump Welcome to the Michael Savage team meeting. This has become, maybe it'll become our regular bonus podcast, but this is a behind-the-scenes look at how podcasts are put together. And um, today, we're going to talk about what's coming up tomorrow. By the time you folks hear this behind-the-scenes look, this podcast with Rebecca Koffler will have been posted. It's called The Eight Reasons Putin May Not Be Bluffing About Nuclear Weapons. And you left something out. And why this wouldn't have happened if Trump were president. That's a critical part of this interview. Rebecca Kofler wrote Putin's playbook. She is a Russian born U.S. intelligence expert who is as a rush served as a Russian doctrine and strategy specialist in the Defense Intelligence Agency. She's worked with the DIA and the CIA's National Clandestine Service. Uh Oh, (laughs) better be nice to her. And she has led red teams during war games, and advised senior Pentagon officials. I hope she likes me. Of course, we never met, and I hope I never meet her. Um, Miss Koffler, because it may be the last person I meet on the the earth. I'm joking. I don't. She doesn't mince words and she dives into the psyche of Mr. Putin, explaining why we should not dismiss his threats as idle threats. And then Miss Koffler outlines the measures Trump put in place that would have prevented this invasion of Ukraine if Trump were still president. So, we recorded this last Thursday. Ryan was here in the studio as we recorded. Ryan, what's the process after that? What do you do after I record an interview? Uh,
2: we just get it uploaded for uh, for Mr. Douglas and where Karen. Do we p-
1: where do we put it?
2: Uh, we upload it into the Dropbox, and then we all have access to it to listen to, to do our edits, and you know, Doug, Karen, and I all discuss what we believe should be left in maybe you know, if we should take something out or you know, what needs to be edited and then after that um
1: doug you you did the previous edit the, the early edits correct correct doug is the best sound editor in the in the business of sound I'm, he's worked with me for how many 17 years of radio days uh counting radio 20 years oh my god and you're still quitting on me. OK, never mind. I got the gray hair to prove it. But we argue all the time anyway. But I love Doug. Doug has been a rock solid part of this thing called uh, the Savage Radio Show and the Savage Podcast. He has the greatest ear. W- what do you do when you edit the raw footage, Doug?
2: There, There's it really depends on the interview. Uh, most of the time, take out. You know, background noise, stumbles. I don't repeats, stumble. Things I like that.
1: I don't stumble. But OK. Both
2: sides. Guest as well. So if there's
1: a clearing of a throat or something like that. Correct. And what happens next?
2: Well, well once I make the initial edits, I upload it to the our uh, Dropbox so everybody else can listen to it and give me their ideas, you know, where it should be cut things to be you know, moved around, taken out, things like that. Then they get back to me on what else needs to be done.
1: You know, sometimes we add sound bites, sound effects, because I come from a radio background. I like sound effects. What sound effects, Ryan, Karen, Doug, would you add to this podcast, if any?
2: Me personally, I don't think anything should be added. Uh, sound effects are, are there to accentuate points. And with this interview, it's very straightforward. Uh, any mm-hmm. sound effects, in my opinion, would take away from it. You think sound effects would take away from it? Cor- correct. Because it tends for the listener, sound effects tend to take the focus away from what's being said and they focus on the sound bite itself. Mm-hmm. So if the sound bite's not going to enhance what they're saying, it takes away, and that's not what we want.
1: Mm hmm. In other words, you don't want to do any more work.
3: <laughs> I think it's helpful when there's a specific quote that's mentioned. Um, recently in a podcast, we had mentioned specifically about Henry Kissinger, his comments. Doug added that. I'm not, I don't recall anything in here with Koffler, any specific quotes, but I know we typically try to do that. that, that if there's, Something that maybe somebody missed that we re- that you reference or the guest references, uh, as Doug said, it enhances uh, the conversation. Well,
1: I challenged Miss Koffler when I said during our previous interview, Miss Koffler, you predicted Putin would stop in May, the victory day for Russia, the anniversary of the defeat of Nazi Germany. He did not. And I said, why do you think your prediction was not correct? Do you recall what her answer was? Does anyone remember what she said this time? What's in the podcast?
2: She no. said that uh, she didn't take into account that basically we would be supplying Ukraine with weapons and technology
3: yes oh
2: yeah. oh so it's in, in you know I said something intriguing
1: I think to me intriguing that could be seen as a, a really wild card in all of this. Why is the West fueling this war instead of trying to dipl- diplomatically stop this war? So it was a gloomy Sunday. And I did a YouTube piece on Christophobia and what it means. I said, I find it very strange that the Russians are Russian Orthodox people. The Ukrainians are Russian Orthodox Eastern Eastern Orthodox. Correct. Same. Right, Karen. Yeah, they, they basically similar. follow this. Don't they follow the same church?
3: I would yeah. say I would say it's very, very similar.
1: I yeah. said, is it possible that the West, which is ruled by demonic atheists who hate religion are fueling this war so Christians kill Christians. I know it sounds like a crazy idea, but is it so crazy when you consider who's behind this administration and what they are doing to our schoolchildren, what they are doing to our borders, language, and culture? Is it so far-fetched to believe that this government under the senile Biden would actually be fueling the war to deplete Russia of its weaponry and to have both sides lose more white christian men i know it's so shocking for me to even think it that i dare think it any opinion karen is it crazy you be the judge
3: i mean in this day and age is anything off the table is <laughs> any, and and uh, and last time i checked we're still have the freedom to ask those questions
1: correct? Ah. I didn't check recently. I didn't check my inbox. But why is there no diplomacy? Very, people are depressed. People are frightened. People are fearing a disease and death. We have a nuclear cloud hanging over us again. I haven't had this since I was a child when we used to have to do duck and cover under the desks in the 50s in, in New York. We're back to that again under this administration. This could have been avoided. It could still be stopped tomorrow. Not once has Biden tried to speak to Putin. So although you can see this as a crazy idea, if you follow ABC News, it's a crazy idea. But if you're a free thinker, it's not so crazy. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Have you become a victim of the timeshare trap? You think there's no way out? Well, Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has helped over 35,000 families out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares, and they may be able to help you too. Listen, if your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, you you need to get the facts about timeshare cancellation. For over 10 years, Wesley Financial Group has been dedicated to helping folks get out of a lifetime of debt by canceling their timeshares. So they created a free timeshare exit information kit that reveals how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. To get your free timeshare exit information kit, simply go to icanceltimeshare.com. That's icanceltimeshare.com. I'll say it one more time, icanceltimeshare.com. Thank you very much
0: Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.
1: We also learned in this podcast eight reasons why Putin may not be bluffing about using nuclear weapons and why Trump would have prevented this war. I asked Ms. Koffler about the actual nuclear weapons that he has, and she said Putin likely believes that he will use nuclear weapons for the same reason the U.S did in Japan during World War II to end the conflict. She reminded us that in 1945 the US detonated two atomic bombs, Little Boy and Fat Man over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, where we, our country killed 150 to 225,000 Japanese citizens. The rationale at the time was to hasten victory to minimize both US and Japanese casualties. But neither Japanese city became uninhabitable and both returned to functional levels about a year after the bombs were dropped. They believe Putin learned from that. And I learned then the bombs dropped on Japan were between 15 to 21 kilotons, while the warheads that Putin currently has are said to be about one kiloton, which, which is much smaller than the 15 to 21 kiloton bombs dropped on Japan. And she said Putin likely theorizes that these weapons are usable on a battlefield. I was shocked to hear that, but I would say it's rational. What do you think guys?
2: Very much. So the low yield tactical nukes, it it doesn't have the permanent effects that the larger weapons do.
3: Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's a pretty prominent physicist. He was on, um, on with Bill Maher, just, I guess, this past weekend, and he was talking about how they're not, I guess, in the media, people are just saying nuclear, 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 and he was describing the difference between the tactical nukes. And as you said, what people are familiar with, which is Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So he was explaining, so people, I think, Seth, believe that he was diminishing the fact that Putin has these nuclear arms. But Nuclear is nuclear.
1: What do you mean? This physicist said these nuclear weapons don't matter.
3: He didn't say that, but he was just making the distinguish. He distinguished between these and what was used in World War II.
1: Well, right. We just talked about that with Rebecca Koffler. Yeah. So Putin is also worried about projecting weakness to China. Miss Koffler told us, which is very obvious. He's a strong man. Uh, our president likes to project stupidity, weakness and uh, all around idiocy at every turn, except to American patriots, who he considers the greatest threat to America, which is very intriguing to me. The greatest threat to America is not China, not Russia, not I- Iran, but it's white supremacists, whoever they may be, whether three of them somewhere in the hills of Montana. Although Putin and President Z have formed an anti-U.S. strategic partnership. We learn Russia views China. As a long term security threat. Putin may calculate that launching a nuclear strike in Ukraine will demonstrate Russia's strength and resolve to Z. Russia views its conflict with Ukraine as existential to the core. Another reason Putin could see nukes as a morally acceptable option. We don't see the war in Ukraine as existential. It does not threaten our existence. It does threaten the existence of Ukraine, for sure, and Russia. So. Putin also relies, we learned, on the sentiment prevailing in the West that nuclear warfare is unthinkable. Hmm. Well, she says the Russian strongman may be miscalculating. He has less than ever to lose, believing he and Russia face an existential threat. He may be completely serious when he says this is not a bluff. OK, so that's the Tuesday podcast, which by the time this is heard, the listeners, some of them will have heard the podcast because it's going up tomorrow while well, this is going up on Wednesday of this week. This is our strategy session on Monday. Ryan and I just came from my boat where we talked to four mechanics with some repair, doing some work on my boat. No, it's all wonderful. What's coming up later in the week on the Michael Savage podcast? What do we have planned for Friday?
3: We're waiting to hear back from Gordon Chang um, to talk about Xi Jinping.
1: But he's going to come on tomorrow?
3: Uh, I don't. I haven't heard back from him yet. Okay. About, we, we. I did talk to them on the phone, but we're just waiting to figure, you know, just. Distra- well, here's what we're
1: going to do for Friday. Brian and I discussed it this morning. Yesterday, it was a gloomy Sunday, and I did a long 20 or 38 minute YouTube piece uh, called christophobia and trumpophobia what they really mean uh how long is it ryan i we we put it up and took it back down about
2: 38 minutes
1: 38 minutes of but it has much more in it than christophobia and, and trumpophobia i went into an awful lot in one of my long 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 um speeches yesterday on a gloomy sunday because i needed to reach my audience we're going to run that on friday along with All the jobs I've had in no particular order. That's me, Michael Savage, comic book salesman, floor sweeper, statue cleaner, mortuary assistant, teacher, social worker, science consultant, dishwasher, busboy, book editor, clothing store salesman, ice cream factory, line worker, postman, chauffeur, butcher boy, real estate salesman in the Bahamas, Alzheimer's research scientist, plant collector, talk radio host, author, and National Science Consultant. Those are most of the jobs I've had in my life. Each one of them, the minute I say them, brings a story to mind. Like if I say comic book salesman, I'm going to talk about what it was like selling comic books at age five in the streets of New York. If I say (laughs) you're laughing because it is kind of funny,
3: Today, they
1: would give you a citation. Oh, they'd arrest me for being a white supremacist. And I didn't have a license to sell used comics, right? They'd call it NYPD tactical squad to arrest this little boy for selling comic books in the street because I'm not an illegal alien or a bum. (laughs) That's going to be one of my jobs. I think that's going to be a fun podcast that may only be 15 to 20 minutes long. And we, we thought of combining that with whatever we do for Friday. It would be all the jobs I've had in no particular order plus uh, Gordon Chang on who is President Z or some Chairman Z or whatever in one. And we may combine them or if this all the jobs I've had is a good long one, we'll use it for next week.
3: We also had a comment from a listener that we want to work on the 25 things you would do if you were president.
1: Oh, yes. How did I forget that? Because I kept saying during my... YouTube thing, if I were president, the first thing I would do, I would go borders, language, culture and organize it around those principles. First thing I would do is deport the five million illegals that Biden brought in. Then I would deport the lawyers who are representing them, who are screaming it's illegal, it's unconstitutional. These are the people who break the law and spit on the Constitution every other day. I would put them on the same deportion planes to go with them because they want to give them the care that they need in Guatemala and Kazakhstan. Um, deportation, deportation, deportation. And then I would, you say, language and culture. What would I do as president to make sure that our English language becomes the, the language of the land? Simple. I do a, an executive order that ballots cannot be printed in any language but English. Very simple. Doesn't take a rocket scientist or an Einstein to understand why. My grandfather was an immigrant. He, he spoke no English. How could he vote if he doesn't know what the hell he's voting for? Of course, they don't know what they're voting for. Well, they told us to hit the D. Okay. language, English only on our ballots, English only on all of our public uh, communications from any governmental agency, state, local or federal. No bilingualism. If you're not willing to learn our language, then don't vote in this country. Language, culture. Uh, Nobody's going to teach my children the perversion that they're teaching. If they do, they're punishable by 20 years in prison. It's child abuse. That's just the starter of what I would do if I were president. That might be a nice podcast. That's what they really want to hear because it makes sense. And I see even Ryan's nodding his head. Yes, he's finally tuned in instead of looking at his iPhone. I'm joking. Guys, anything else? That's that's a good one. Twenty five things I would do if I were president. Don't let me forget that one. Let's not give away too many ideas here. You know, what else did I say I would be doing in the near future? We don't have to go much first, further than this. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand.
0: Ah, uh, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.
1: You know what I wanted to do one day? I wanted to go and look at all the podcasts I've done over the last year by title. And just run down how much we have done this year together. Actually, over the last year, two years, almost two years now.
3: That's a good end of the year episode, I think.
1: It's astounding when I look at the titles. Each one is a Persian miniature. They're beautiful. And uh, I mean, likewise, we could do the same with the, the uh, YouTube pieces. Biden gropes young girl. I explain Huber's nemesis, catharsis. The Freak Show of the Biden team, Crime and Non-Punishment, Build More Prisons. Uh, Lamentations of a Lapsed Jew, One God. Biden's brain is gone, it will soon be replaced. That's got the most hits, by the way, of all of them. Savage sounds off, cops kill man after he points gun at them. God in the time. I did a lot of God stuff in the last month. There are no atheists in an ER room to steal a vote and stuff to bloat. Air Force tells cadets to not use mom and dad. I did a cooking video, fine meat sauce with Bucatini, which I can't talk about. But there's some really amazingly good titles. Dissent is patriotic. You know, I was watching a a, a documentary, I'm going to end soon, on Joseph Stalin, the dictator who killed millions in Russia. And I read uh, he ruled by terror. Chairman Mao ruled by terror. Mussolini ruled by terror. Are we not living in a country where we're all terrified of what we say may be used against us by spies who are listening to us? This is not the beginning. We're past the, um, we're past the crawling stage of a terror state under this left-wing administration. We're past the infancy. We're in the early childhood of a, an outright dictatorship. Would you agree or disagree? Doug, I see you nodding.
2: I have a little... Personal history with this when uh, working for before me before the Korean War started, um, the communists came into my mom's village where and uh, up in Korea, she lived right outside Pyongyang. I should say Doug's mom comes from North Korea, correct? Right before it was North, Bef- it was just Korea, it was just Korea, it must have been cold up uh, there. The Chinese mar- marched in and said, Join the party. And for the, everybody that said no, they lined him up and shot him. Oh, my God. They uh, basically murdered all the male members of her family. Oh, right in my of God. So, yeah, I've got pretty strong
1: feelings against this. Yeah. So there was no choice. Join the party or we'll kill you. Or they didn't even say or we'll kill you.
2: No, they just said join the party. Ah, and, and those who didn't
1: even were thought shot. about it, they, they didn't even give you. them an option. It wasn't like yeah. join or get shot. It's just, yeah. hey, join. Well, that sounds like that sounds like Pelosi, San Francisco in one way, Meaning they don't shoot you, but they excommunicate you like you don't exist. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It may be coming, but. I hate to think that way, but every it seems like every year gets worse and worse.
3: I I want I want Doug's mom to come on the show. Would she? I would love to have you talk to her.
1: Good. Would she? (laughs) Would she give a testament? No, no, she's shy, right? Anyway, we, we don't want to pressure your poor mom. <laughs> but Doug grew up hearing these stories. If I remember correctly, Doug's mother, bless her, walked out of North Korea. Mm-hmm. Didn't she not walk to South Korea in blizzards and stuff?
3: Yeah, he he I don't want to speak for him, but I think they walked over the mountain dog. Right. They Like that yeah. night, they fled the country.
1: Correct. What did they do, Doug? You want to tell us briefly?
2: Uh, Literally, they uh, they after they shot her relatives, her uncles, her cousins, (sighs) they they said, tomorrow we take your land. And so (sighs) that night, if they wanted to live, the entire village left with (sighs) the clothes on their back.
1: Oh, my God. How many what percentage survived that marched to South Korea?
2: Uh, From her village yeah. She said that she walked with like 300 people and probably half of them died. Oh,
1: they walk with the clothing on their back in the wintertime. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. With the children, the babies, everything else.
2: Why? Yeah, that, that's why some you, of the memories she has. I don't of understand seeing what, why this story
1: yeah. is not told more often, Doug. Does anyone even know this story?
2: There, There's some people who talked about it, but very few people have survived. I mean, my mom's 80 plus and not doing well.
1: But, Doug, this is a story like we hear about the forced removal of the Cherokee by the U.S. Army cavalry, a horrible yeah. story, the Trail of Tears. We hear about the Holocaust, horrible story, stories. We hear about Stalin's purges, horrible stories. We hear about Pol Pot, horrible stories. But we never hear about the North Koreans who suffered and died under communism. I've never heard the story. It's only because I know you.
2: I would suggest there's also I mean, it happens through the Koreans, through history, through China, through Japan. That They've always been a long suffering people.
1: I would like to get an expert on this subject. You think Gordon Chang can do this? Um, Who? Why don't we look for an expert for a future podcast? on the North Korean Holocaust by c- communist Chinese. How's that? That's, that would be some disclosure that we could do. Right, Doug, you could find I bet you could find an expert. There's got to be someone at some university somewhere who, who knows this story.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll look.
1: It's a horrible story that needs to be told. Karen looks very unhappy and sad. Her mind just imagined the whole story. I just saw well, I'm sorry well, to I bum just- everyone out.
3: Yeah, no, I just, to be honest with you, I remember watching a documentary years ago, but really, I think we all just know the narrative that North Korea is a suppressive government, but I don't think a lot of people know how it became that way.
1: That's what I'm saying. We all know that it's a dictatorship run by a madman. OK, yes. we know that. But do we know about the people who escaped or those who were left behind when the communist Chinese turned it into a puppet state? We don't. We don't, and now that Z is exerting his uh, full-blown uh, power madness again in the current uh, times that we live in, I think we all forget that North Korea was once not a communist was once not a communist nation above the thirty-eighth parallel, and we forgot the men who died making sure there was a South Korea. Boy, oh boy, what a story that is! We keep hearing about China's going to take Taiwan. Have they said anything about South Korea recently? Z as he? That's a great topic for Gordon. We yeah. should throw that into the into the question mix, right?
3: Yeah,
1: Doug, the people are the same, aren't they? Ethnically, uh, religiously, north and south before ch- communism.
2: Yeah, they were before communism. Since then, they've they've split uh, the South Koreans. Yeah, it's like America. They have a different dialect.
1: They do. It evolved
2: yeah, um, a lot of times, you know, going to stores with my mom, they call her a northy. <laughs> northy n-
1: n- It sounds like the Mexicans, Nortenos. Yeah. Right. Well, they're tough people. Everyone knows the Koreans are very tough people. I was I was told years ago that the ROK troops, the Republic of Korea troops, are some of the absolute toughest in the whole world. Whether it's still true ten years after television and hyundai's and uh uh, pornography i don't know
2: my my best friend's dad was uh was in vietnam and as soon as he found out i was korean we were best friends Hmm. he served with the the roks in uh, vietnam
1: that's another story i'd like to get into another day if someone could take notes um the korea story the rok troops Republic of Korea, for those who were listening to this uh, podcast ROK troops. We'd like to know more about them. Uh, the Korean War has been pretty much dis- well discussed. But again, lo- one last note, Z is threatening to take Taiwan when he wants. He basically said that the other day. Why doesn't he mention South Korea? That's interesting.
3: I, I think that's a good question for Gordon. I think Isn't that was
1: why is why is that a hands off discussion? Yeah. Is he afraid of them? Is is South Korea nuclear power, Doug? Is it known to be? a?
2: They they do have some nukes, but there are so many uh, U.S. bases in Korea still. Ah,
1: yeah, but there's U.S. protections in in Taiwan as well.
2: Not not. We're we're friendly with Taiwan. We are allied with South Korea.
1: Oh, so it's like our seat south east south atlantic treaty organization so korea really is protected by the u.s with bases taiwan is not is that correct yes there's no bases and i didn't even know that we have no no, taiwan
2: was under british rule so that explains everything friendly but not part of us too
1: much tea and crumpets i get it too much princely charm well we've touched on some other Uh, some really good stuff are there any orders of business for the week on the michael savage podcast Mm -hmm. i just want everyone listening to this to know how far what a big family you are a member of if you're listening to this podcast today you're part of a very large uh family of listeners and i i work in isolation i only meet these good people by by skype except Brian, who we work together in person five days a week unfortunately for him The other two never have to see me. They see me only on a screen a few times a week or by screaming emails. But, you know, I run into people and the first question they say, oh, we used to listen to you on the radio. We loved you. So I get very tense because the first thing I say is, you know, I'm still working. They said, no, no, we love your podcast. I said, oh, thank God, because I'm always afraid my radio audience doesn't know where I am by now. Most of them do. And I, I mentioned uh I went into a Barnes and Noble the other day to buy my magazines for a rainy day, my car magazines, military magazines, boat magazines. And the clerk was an older white guy who looked at me, and said, oh, you're famous, aren't you? I said, not really. I'm Michael Savage. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, when I first heard you, I hated you on the radio. He said, but as I've gotten older and I see what's happened to this country, you are right about everything you said. I was shocked. This was from a book clerk who are normally leftists in this country just the way they are, they have slowly awakened to what the hell is happening right in front of their eyes. I guess when you work in a bookstore and you see the people outside wanting to break your windows or you see bums coming in and stealing magazines or books and you can't even arrest them, maybe that's the wake up uh, message. So those of you who are listening to this uh, bonus podcast, just know you're not alone. This is Michael Savage signing off and thanking you for listening. I suggest you share this with five others by now.
3: All right, now you can yell at us. Now, <laughs> no, <you're not. laughs>
1: <laughs> Le- Ryan, leave that in. Leave, leave the after, leave the afterburner in. Oh,
2: I, I,
0: we have to.
1: <laughs> you have to leave that. <laughs> uh, out. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.
0: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy.